Hey everybody, just so you know, you know Tushan, he's part of the group, we've been around a long time, he's doing some really good things. Didn't introduce him in the podcast, but let's get started with the show. I'm busy packing. Um, tell me why you started this, I've seen it a couple times. Dude, I was, uh, originally I wanted to b- about customers, you get those angry customers, you know what I mean? I had a, a lady that tore down an entire case and just shattered the glass, and I was like, okay, cops are coming. The cops did nothing about it. It was like three grand in damages. There was devices shattered, all kinds. Of, she was like a four foot five Hulk, just ripped it across the the front of the store. And I was like, we're just going to start a podcast and start about crazy customers. And uh, it turned into this thing where we were like doing the news, the trending stuff. And then one day I was like, I wonder what they're like, the Facebook groups and everything. I was like, I'm wondering like, what is this person like behind the Facebook page? And so we, we did an interview and I was like, Hey, tell me about your real life. You know, what is it compared to what you put on social media? And it just kind of was like, ah, I like interviewing people, seeing what the the deal is. Cause as you're aware, everyone's got a behind the scenes look, you know, like something is different than what you show the world. No, I totally agree. I mean, Especially in this space, you know, you have people that you're not, um, that you are, that you just know through through CPR, uh, CP, the, the, the website, the forum, you know, on Facebook. There's people that you see, you know, repeat names that you might not have done business with. And uh, yeah. you start to see some of them, like some of our friends that you see on there and uh, <clears throat> they keep getting called out and it's just unique that they're still doing business. And, you know, it's like, seems like it's a reoccurring phase or a reoccurring thing but uh there's definitely a lot of stories that are not relatable to just the everyday joe it's really when it comes down to people that do the industry and see like i totally believe a 4 or 11 girl would tear up the store yeah i'm sure what happens but hey if you want to start I'm, I'm down to yeah dude i like the the whiteboard man uh i'm actually looking for one of those for my uh my place yeah <laughs> i was like oh shit i was looking at one today Office is a disaster. Oh no, you're good. Trust me, my place is all boxes right now. It's crazy. Oh yeah, so you're relocating? Yeah, uh, taking the family to Oklahoma. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we live in Sacramento right now, but the uh, the whole place has got to move. The store will stay. I got people that'll run it. Hopefully not into the ground, but uh, from there, got to take the family. We got a four thousand square foot place that's going to make it a little easier to oh. do anything we want and it's a, a fifth of the price compared to the square footage out here and i'm like damn there's a lot of opportunity and uh my friend's actually with okay, kc and he told me a lot that there's a lot of opportunity and they like have like a certain pay rate walls and shit it's a they lot have, cheaper yeah yeah so cost of living is phenomenal yeah. i can't hire anybody under 19 bucks an hour here like that's double, will work yeah double-edged sword too yeah so we know each other through the groups. We don't do much. We've done some business in the past, but we're not, um, you know, in direct contact. And I see your stories, man. And uh, first, my condolences. You got robbed recently. Yeah. yeah. Your bounce back on that is phenomenal. Like most people would take a week or a month to try and recoup. Mm-hmm. 72 hours, you're back in business. Um. Yeah, actually, I mean, really, we didn't close business on Friday. Uh, originally I had made a post about it cause I, I, I hadn't known the damage. I got there at 8am. Um, I was burglarized at 11 and, uh, I mean, there's a couple of things that were my fault 
like I forgot to set my alarm that night, I was staying back late. Um, <clears throat> actually had to come back into the shop, unarmed it, <laughs> and then left. So that's a little bit <clears throat> uh, of a learning a learning curve there um, as far as just being conscientious of it. Uh, I've been in that location for many years now, um, technically four years for this business, but prior I was a Verizon wireless um, sales rep. And then I became an owner operator. So I basically had a store under my name, paid all the bills. I just, uh, I got paid. Um, I wasn't the master agent. So I just operated within the business. Uh, in 2017, that I later then moved. I, I left the business. They wanted to relocate me to New Jersey on a, on a box of phone, phone screens, just phone screens. And I said, you know, maybe I'll start doing repairs. So I had some prior experience from another business and uh that's honestly how i got into repair then i got into that location uh because i was prior i was previously there with verizon and then i was previously there with t-mobile so this particular address has a has a sentimental value to me um but uh when you're in and out sometimes you forget so if i'm going to teach any make sure you're on top of that because <clears throat> it can be 365 days you know you can do that over three years never get hit once and just in one time yeah yeah, so uh, it definitely was unfortunate. Um, we are very blessed. We had a tip, uh, <clears throat> which led to a confession, which led to uh, two other people confessing in the uh, in another city where I'm actually originally from. But it's about a 30, 40 minute drive. And that's where they were able to locate majority of my stuff. Oh, and Chris, nice. I actually I actually have that stuff. Like I have about 80% of it already. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm in most cases uh, very fortunate. Not a lot of people are going to recover this much uh, in damages. Um, I lost about 45000 in inventory between PlayStation 5s, uh, computers. I'm still missing my most expensive one, of course. I saw your post. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful one. A custom white one. It looked and, nice. Yeah. Was, and then damn. they destroyed or display cases, um, and they sold a lot of phones. But, you know, another tip for owners is, you know, just just be on top of your inventory, you know, have everything serialized. Um, you know, I'm in the store enough to know, like, most times where things are at. Uh, I did close that night, so at the same time, I definitely knew where things were at. Um, but they definitely took a lot, Chris. I was surprised. We've been hit five times in nine years. Wow. It's we've been dropped by three carriers. It's been a, a problem. We, we used to call it like our yearly cleaning house was somebody coming in, prying the doors, cutting the gate. It was a whole thing. And then. So you had a gate uh, like, like a exterior, like goes in front of the building or like an actual gated uh, space. So we have a drop-in gate on the inside of the building, right inside the oh. door. And so the second burglary we didn't have a gate. So we had one burglary. They tow hitched the back door, set the alarm off. Cops didn't show up. This was 2016 for almost 45 minutes. And they got to cut a, a hole in the door, pull it out. And they went in, they had 10 minutes to clear out a bunch of shit. But back then I had a table, a chair and a heating mat. It wasn't a big mm -hmm. business. And so I had serialized a bunch of donated computers that they stole and threw into the back of a van Mm -hmm. And so I tell the story on the podcast, but I didn't have five or six grand in my name when I started this business. That insurance claim 
gave me $80,000 to start my business because I didn't pay for the laptops, but they paid me retail replacements. They were all busted, donated laptops. We were taking an e-waste and I was going to scrap them for gold. And so it turned into this, all right, now we got to buy inventory. Now we got to stock things. Let's buy nice shelves. Let's do advertising. And it was a, a catapult. But then it was 16. Then we got hit in 17, 18, 19, and then 2021. Do you feel that a repeat, like like repeat people? Or no, we've had, we've had three, uh, three people who have been caught, but nothing has been recovered out of those three people. And we've had serial serialized items that have shown up at pawn shops, but the cops don't recover it. It goes straight into evidence. And then we're given a tag in California of the monetary damages to mm-hmm. put onto their case, which is really stupid. Cause like, a PS five from 2021, we had a stack of five of them that got stolen the next day a pawn shop got hit with one. And I was like, I can't get it back back then. It was, you know, nine fifty for a PS five. And mm-hmm. I, I had got all these on lotteries, uh, polls online. It was a lot of money to make. And sure, unfortunately sure. it wasn't as easy to recover. Yeah, um, some insurance, you know, doesn't want to pay out, you know, <coughs> So sometimes, um, like even my insurance, uh, to be honest, like I was at a point where I kind of forgot. Like I was just like, I knew I had it and I knew I, I just didn't remember what company. Finally, uh, a couple of days later, I found out and, you know, we do the insurance, but you know, there's a deductible. And then with, with now it's like, Hey, it's not the retail cost. They want to give you what you paid for it. Yeah. So, so my loss was what I would have retailed it for. My true loss was less, you know? And uh, so, yeah, you're, you're kind of in a situation where you got pretty fortunate on the first one around, you know? That's 2016 before all the, right. like, <laughs> the, they do, I think it's minimum 25% depreciation now for our 2021. And then they take, if something's over six months, they depreciate it by time and then depreciate it by model. So if you got a PS4, even though it's four years old, release date, they'll say, all right, that's four years by 20% a year on whatever the current value was in that year. It took them seven months to figure out uh, a $20,000 loss with damages became like $7,000 on the payment. So it was super low compared to what it should have been, but also it's a <laughs> shitty insurance company. We were on yeah. our fourth one. So, yeah. And unfortunately I think that happens when you, when you do get kind of like, through these incidences, you know, they, they do have an option of like to like uh, to drop you or to change your coverage. And that's kind of where I'm in a debate now, you know, f- depending on how I minimize my loss. You know, does it make sense to go through the insurance and file the insurance claim? And then, um, you know, I still have a deductible and you know, I just eat the, eat the loss. Yeah. So yeah. depending on what the monetary value is. You know, you and sometimes it, more. it could totally be more, but is it worth the, the nuances of it? I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's to each, each owner's yeah. discretion and what they want to do. But I would definitely recommend if anyone is in this situation, be very transparent. Don't try to throw this in there or try to throw that in there because sometimes I'll People come back. Do that, yeah. It, yeah, I've yeah. had buddies that tried to tell me on the first one. And they're like, oh, let me help you. Let me help you. I've got, you know, I've got serial numbers. I got IMEIs. I'm like, you're going to get me in jail. It's going to be the dumbest thing. I, I advertise 
so often that I'm like, I'll never commit insurance fraud because I'm so blessed by the first one. It changed my life. I'm like, no, no, no. That paid for 10 years in insurance, whatever you want to pay, whatever you want to charge me. I'm not going to fuck around with it. I'll do the maximum you want me to cover myself or like install new gates, fix the door, do whatever. And then also the minimum. So if you want to rob me, it's there, but it's insured. So as long as I have coverage, I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> Otherwise I got to sit a tank outside. But where, where do you come from? So you're originally from, from Lancaster? Uh, from Reading, Pennsylvania. And oh. um, that's, that's not too far. It's, uh, it's uh, maybe an hour, an hour north, northwest of um, Philadelphia. There's a highway that goes right to Philly. Um, and, uh, and I got into wireless at a, I mean, I would say at a younger age, like in, in high school, but that was more of uh, me being a consumer, right? Yeah. So I think let's get into it. You know, we, we have a Nokia, we have Blackberry. Sidekicks. Um, yeah, sidekicks. Um, and then when you use it, right, you know, and then you start to like it, you, you know, you have your own problems and you have to figure them out. Um, and you know, it's, it's the most important tool, right? So like, I didn't grow up like, man, I love cell phones. I just happened to have one, you know, and, mm. um, you know, then you want to get the best model, just like, um, at least for me, that was an, an appeal. Like even Kia's, they had Sony Experian, um, <clears throat> or Sony Ericsson Xperia, um, which were really nice phones. And then I had the very first Android uh, it was HCC G1. G1. Oh. Yeah, I worked for T-Mobile at the time. So uh, my my I got into, really I got into wireless because like I said in high school, but I had friends that worked for Sprint. And uh, these are older guys, like mid-20s, like early 30s. And I'm like 16, 17-year-old kid. Uh, at the time, like I, like I liked to wear dress shirts and I liked house music. <laughs> And these guys were like, you know, like this is like before Jersey Shore. Like some of these guys were like guidoed out. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like, and they had money and they were selling cell phones. And you know, back then you made good money selling cell phones. Like Sprint, the activations used to pay out very well. Uh, this was right after uh, where you could sell multi carrier. So I didn't do that, but I hear those days were pretty darn good. Uh, hey, you didn't get approved for this? <laughs> let, let me run your credit for AT and T real quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's try Sprint. So, you know, those were uh, kind of like the, the new introduction to like like communicating, but on the go, right? Um, and even in the late 80s, they were very expensive, the bag phones in the early 90s. Um, so so then I uh, after high school, hanging out with these guys, I was like, man, this is a good way to make money. Like they dress well. Uh, they like to go club. <laughs> and that's like everything I was into. And this is uh, the life. Yeah. I got into it and I crushed it. I, I got into T-Mobile. I worked at a freaking kiosk and like I crushed it in sales. And there's actually a guy that uh, was the leader at the time. And uh, he's down in Georgia now and he's a stud salesman. Um, <clears throat> and we still catch up. And we're talking 2007, 2008, I got into wireless. Um, and, you know, that would be right out of high school. So this guy, you know, he's down in, Georgia now he's doing well for himself. He got out of Verizon Wireless. They they kind of did him dirty, um, but he's happier. He's in a much better headspace. And this guy's like respectfully much older than I am, 
he's probably like 30 something by the time I'm 18. Yeah. And so I reach out to him and, you know, I'm, I'm cheering him on. I say, Hey brother, like many people might not know that you're a killer salesman, you know, but no one might not know that you know how to make a lot of sales and you're good at what you do. And, you know, to hear that from someone, um, you know, I mean, he appreciated that, but also, you know, it's kind of like anyone's career, you go through different levels of your career. Sometimes, you know, like you said, you just start off the, the heat pad and yeah. uh, whatnot. And we kind of, we all do, like we all do. So it's kind of nice to know that. Well, I shouldn't say we all do, but uh, it is nice to know that there are people that go through the same problems, right? And then it is nice to hear someone say, hey man, like, you're doing a good job. Or I recognize, you know, this. And for him, like he was blown away by it because he, didn't hear, he doesn't hear anyone say it. Um, but that's the type of thoughtfulness that I am as a person and why I like this industry. Um, because like I started with wireless T-Mobile, then in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, uh, I'm sorry, I can ramble. No, you're good. Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Um, I think this warehouse, I'll be honest. And the, the, for some reason, the AT&T iPhone, it was like the three, three GS, mm. the four series. They were AT&T exclusive, but somehow there are people bringing me them to my T-Mobile kiosk, right down the right down the <clears throat> spot from the the, the AT&T corporate store. And they're like, "Hey, you know, Chino is like a way of saying like a Chinese or Asian person in Spanish." Yeah, and they would be like, "Hey, like, yo, can you unlock this?" And at the time, I could unlock a BlackBerry because you would type in the IMEI, it would generate a code. Yeah. You type foreign sim the foreign sim would then populate uh, a code um but then there's the introduction of jailbreaking in jailbreaking you could jailbreak the phone with software and then the software you would download a handful of applications you would change the settings and then all of a sudden this at&t only exclusive iphone can be used across t-mobile or um i mean there's no other carrier then I mean, Singularity Mobile, and maybe whatever Helios, pre- yeah, God, yeah, whatever PSM prepaid you could go with, right? Uh, but that was crazy because you know that's when I started making side money, um, and then I was getting T-Mobile activations, new lines of service. <laughs> so not only I was double dipping, not only was I making sales for activations, and they were new lines of service, I was also like unlocking phones and then Blackberries and then. Uh, sometimes blackberries would break because they had like the the curve, yeah. and then they have the palm or the pearl. Yeah, the pearl. And the center ball, that thing's just a piece of plastic that just sits over and just a ball, like a like a mouse, you know, like a like a. My wife thing. still loves that damn mouse that has the ball in the center. I, I cannot get her to upgrade, but anytime she's doing any of her, her paperwork, it's just I'm like, why you use this thing? with what? You know that giant red ball that's in the mouse. That's that's a mouse mouse that's stationary, but it's got like an ergonomic giant marble. Oh yeah, that's on top, right, right, right? Yeah, I can't get her to not use that. My son goes and steals it. I'm like, just hide it, hide it. And then of course she finds it. Like it's it's you her know? one computer thing that she'll never <laughs> upgrade. Um, no, dude, it sounds like you've definitely got a background that most people would envy. Like your history is a lot from the wireless side to the repair side. And anyone who's seen your your page knows that you're doing a lot. 
Like, see, you got over what two thousand five star reviews on your Lancaster store, your CPR Lancaster. That's generous. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. We're at eighteen hundred and fifty four, fifty five, like one hundred and forty some away, bro. That's crazy. Getting there. So, like, like technically on our like on the our website with our um, CPR corporate website, uh, it combined is. 2500 I think 2500 uh, 2654 4.87 that's nuts to anyone watching that is a a precedent that most people are not going to hit like I know I won't hit I don't got the customer service skills for that I, I'm more small business I can tell people fire a customer it's totally fine it's not going to kill me you're setting like Apple quality standards for the repair industry out there. You got five stars. If somebody comes with a one star, you're going to make that customer happy and then change that. It looks like you go out of your way. Yeah. um, I definitely do. Uh, The biggest thing I would tell like a store owner, uh, anyone, you know, a good principle to live by is say, Hey, I'm a customer too. So when, when I go shop, or when I go um, buy things, I'm a customer. I go to uh, the get my car worked on. I'm a customer. I go get food. I'm a customer. So there is a certain expectation that I expect. So being that it's the business, I control that. Like like I control the um, output, right? So yeah. if, if the customer is getting a phone repaired, uh, they're not seeing the parts. Sometimes we just hear a price. And honestly, a lot of times customers just say, hey, what's the price of this repair? So with us, we are Apple IRP. So we do genuine Apple repairs. And then we offer aftermarket, which is very fine, especially with Apple. There's a huge market for that. And then we do offer even a third tier, which is uh, LCD. So a customer wants to trade it in. Or Honestly, at first, I didn't like that idea. But there are customers that don't, they want, to use it they don't need it to be like quality they don't some people don't care and that's something that we actually had to make a lot of effort at not necessarily saying that lcd is bad it's just hey this is another option option that is a economic option that some people are very comfortable paying as long as you're transparent um on, on top of that other saying that i'm a customer another saying that i'd say is that um like I don't want to see you again. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and we do it in a, a very humorous way. Like, hey, you know, we don't want to see you again for the same repair. You That's know? exactly. Because, we do the like, same one, thing. One time. Like, why? Why should you have to come back? Exactly. Because really, you don't need to. And I, I am kind of surprised sometimes when I see some of these shops that you know they're focused on the the profit margin, which is you know I understand that, but profit margin is only so good if you're not. One, you know, being transparent, all right? And you don't have to be like this. You know, this is just the way I prefer to run the business. And I think that that's the right way to do it because, you know, at the same time, you are the pro. You do know. So you should probably explain. Yeah. You know, hey, why is this screen repair this price? Yeah. We, We at our stores tend to say, if you're not giving them the most information up front that they, if they can come back in the back end and say, well, I didn't know that, then you're failing. 
So every, every expectation has to be given up front so that you can't fail in the middle, the end, anything. You should be able to sell them whatever you want that they're here for as long as the expectation is given up front. Here it is transparently. It's a big thing. and People love it. Some people don't like to be told that something's not a value. You know, it gets a whole headache sometimes, but <laughs> the, the humor way definitely works. Where did you, where did you get your, yeah, exactly. Where did you get your, your confidence for sales? Is that just from the wireless industry or? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say definitely wireless. I mean, I've had a ton of reps. Like yeah. I, uh, I used to work at a Verizon. We had like a 6,400 square foot Verizon store and it was in a town that was just like a very like it's farmland, like not a city. And we used to crush it out of that store. Um, that worked 70 hours a week. No problem. I lived in the, I lived in the woods. <laughs> like it was very peaceful. Um, one of the guys that I actually used to hang out with back in high school, he was like 28 at the time. So he's like, well, he was in wireless and got me back into Verizon. And he was one of the guys that, you know, I'm really big into house music and he's big into house music. So like we actually worked together and we were crushing. I mean, we were working 70 hours a week. Didn't feel like that. Like we were making great sales. We were selling accessory bundles, which we were crushing. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and in business, you know, you can make, you have to make multiple streams. It's, it's just too hard to survive off of one, you know. And sometimes you only get that out of one. Sometimes you, you don't ever see it for a while. But uh, I think accessories is something that I would, you know, mention that it's very important that you guys offer it. You have customers that come into your door. You want to get the screen protector after the repair. Uh, we do give customers discounts, um, uh, $10, $10 off when they get a screen protector um, and a $15 warranty. And they're very good with that. They say, hey, you know, that has unlimited screen protector warranty, you know, just so replace it. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, we want the screen phone to be good. And at the same time, if you have a good phone, I want to buy it later to take care of it. You know, so we have, we just try to give them a, uh, in some terms, they call it like a, a sticky a reason for them to come back. Like Verizon's more sticky because every two years, or if they have a family plan, someone might upgrade, right? Yeah. But with repair, you're not guaranteeing that they're going to break their phone again. In essence, you kind of hope they don't, yeah. right? But sometimes they do. And then there's sometimes there's people that hurt, or like, like they're offenders, like that. That's all. They, like that's a part of their DNA. They have to break their phone like every so every couple months, and they're cool with it, you know. <clears throat> so then you see familiar faces, and I think that with wireless, you know, there are people that don't really understand the magnitude of what they do. Like, yeah, you're fixing a screen does not seem like anything, um, because it really isn't. No, yeah. once you're into it, it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> However the impact that you do make is that sometimes, you know, we get people come in and they they're stressed out because they lost their data because they, their phone got run over or they think that they can't get their, their information, their, their child's newborn photos and stuff like that. That stuff is, it happens. It's heartwarming yeah. when you can recover that for a customer. It makes you feel good. And sometimes it's not a lot. So that really was probably my biggest thing that I appreciated with wireless um, is that, you know, selling people cell phone plans, it's very boring yeah. at first. It's not really. um, 
and it pays only X amount. Exactly. So when you prepare, now you get paid to solve the problem. Customers are very comfortable paying it. I argue with some people in CPR about certain things and I'm, you know, I'm monetizing certain things that they're not. And I don't like there, there's a service you offer. And um, if you do right by people, they're not, they understand businesses need to make money. So sometimes they will buy that screen protector from you. Sometimes they'll buy that case from you. So I, I don't want to get too away from it. The accessories are very important because you have that customer. Not only do you do the repair, but you want to give them an opportunity to prevent that from happening again. Yeah. And it's so a feel, feel good moment either way. Right. And then you make some money and I'll tell customers like, look, you know, we're going to sell you, you know, if, if they make like, Oh, I can go on Amazon and buy it. Of course you can. Yeah. Yeah. I can go to Alibaba and just buy it and then wait for it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but they're awesome now. And you know, by the time you order it, are you going to make sure you're not going to drop your phone by that time? And it's not one of those, like you, you, you scare your customer. You educate them. Hey, like buy out ball means I understand. We'll save a couple bucks. Like we sell accessories here. Well, we do make a couple dollars off of them, but you know, once you leave the store, like you are the beneficiary. Like you drop your phone. I'm not gonna be like, I'm so glad I bought this case, or I'm so glad I sold you this case. You're gonna be more happy that hey, I'm glad that I did buy this case or a screen protector. And most so, most of your customers know of your your philanthropy local, right? Like Yeah, you know. You know I'm gonna yeah. bring I'm gonna bring that up because yeah. I've seen your posts. You do backpacks for kids. You do give away quite a bit of money. Tell me a little bit. What drives you to do that? Uh, I mean, that was that was not a me thing originally. That started off with uh, uh, Verizon Wireless TCC, and um, they did a culture of good. So uh, George Rogers, uh, I think we're some of you guys are familiar with him. Yeah. He actually is currently with uh, uh, Ryan McCarty which I don't know type their relationship. I just know that they, uh, they probably have a podcast together. Uh, but I know Ryan from Verizon Wireless and the, at the time it was called the Cellular Connection. And we were dealer of the year, private dealer, three years in a row for Verizon TCC. Um, and we had a phenomenal staff. Um, we we're all over central Pennsylvania. Uh, now he's in, the guy has stores in New Jersey um, I was going to move to New Jersey, th- decided that I don't want to be in New Jersey and move back home to Pennsylvania, um, where I, then I found the box and then I did the screens and I just, and I'll tell you guys that story, but, uh, but essentially, um, it came, it came from there. It was culture of good. It's an opportunity to give back. Um, you know, shout out to those guys. It's called the round room now. Um, but they, uh, Scott Moorhead, Julie Moorhead, um, they were very focused on giving back. Um, they, they, they developed a culture of good with, with mine. Um, and that was just kind of like a way to, you know, spread positivity uh, <clears throat> all while they did the backpack giveaway, which is like, like the first August, second August. They normally do it on Sundays now. Um, and I think I did like three of those with Verizon. Um, before right. that, I left and I just started doing them on my own, or I did them together with a friend at a car show. He has a car show called Tune Evolution, where I toured the U.S. and we had these beautiful, you know, European domestic foreign cars that are like you know, ungodly amount of money into. Um, and you make a lot of great relationships that way. 
It seems know? like you got a lot of a lot of like stake in cars, memorabilia for one. You got a lot of cards, uh, cars, Jordan stuff. What, is this just a Pennsylvania like hobbyist type thing, or are you doing another business on the side of that? No, I'm just a hoarder, and <laughs> I actually none of it. I value none of it, and that's like the honest truth. So I'm gonna I'm at a point now where I'm just kind of like. Uh, the cards were more of like being involved with people on the internet, um, like uh, in groups, breaks. So, and I only got into it really recently, but I, I like sports. So I understand why people like the cards to the player. Uh, and then um, I felt like I was getting something back, you know, something tangible. And then I was learning about it. And I definitely have spent a lot of money doing it the wrong way. Um, but I think I'm in the positive, especially with a lot of the cards that I have hit, you know, it's, it's, it's thrilling, uh, oh, but it can be lost a lot in Pokemon. I know <laughs> kind of like, you know, you're having fun. Um, and you know, as long as you're, you're, you're within tolerance of what you're will- willing to spend and what you're willing to try to make. And, um, you know, sometimes we just go a little bit too deep and like, I just feel like I have a lot of cleaning up to do. So I could teach if I could teach someone something, you know, like. You know, those are like the hits of dopamine and it's like, hey, look, I reward myself, but it really yeah. doesn't. I think that that's the value. Like, that's a lot of this stuff in the back behind me is all like, I'm going to cover it because all just cards. It's like a mess. I mean, it's just a terrible. Mess. Um, but I definitely enjoy, you know, I definitely enjoy football and basketball. Um, <clears throat> so that's why, like, you know, you get into the players and you want to see their ascension and, you know, the sport, the athletes are just so much better. Yeah. Crazy. So when you're not, I got to say, you were way more positive of a person than I thought you were going to be over alive. Cause I've seen you talk and I've seen your posts, but it seems like you got so much shit going on that in the off time you would be just exhausted. So where does that drive come from? Are you, where's your family from? Um, so while most of my family is, uh, I guess you could say like some of it's in Reading, Pennsylvania. And that's just like my cousin on my mom's side. Um, that would be like originally where I'm from, from like the central Pennsylvania area. Um, but I have family in Houston, Texas. I have family in in like the Orange County, California area. Uh, and then like the Manassas, Virginia area, uh, primarily that's like where most of my family is at. Um, and parents, business owners at all. Did they give you any? Yeah. 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 So that's a great, that's a great question. So my mom, is uh used to be a nail salon owner for many years and she had a big nail salon and like she did that my mom's like very hardworking. you know a lot of people say hey my parent is a hard worker to be honest i think most of our parents are um and uh our goal is like to not live like them you know that's their goal too they don't want you to live like them um unfortunately that's just like my dna and so uh <clears throat> a lot of it is a lot of a lot of effort towards um Unfortunately, building, building takes effort and needs consistency and it takes sacrifice. And so like when you see that, um, when you see that happening, uh, it just more or less is, is, it's just like a second nature. Um, so like even holidays, like we don't really, we're not big on celebrating holidays. Uh, we just work, you know, like when, whenever there's a, a day off, it's just kind of like, all right, what can we do to like settle down and, 
you know, I don't, I don't agree with that either. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that's like a good life to live, um, but also it's a counter, it's a counter, or it's a double-edged sword. How do you, how do you uh, see what you're capable of doing? I mean, some people don't need that. You know, Gary Vee says it like he has friends that make millions of dollars a year and they're miserable. Yeah. I think it's an honest truth for a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of human beings, period. You know, you know, less is more. Um, you know, and then he said that he has friends that don't make that great of money. They go home, they 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 go drive in their, you know, okay car that's maybe not gonna take a lot of Instagram pictures and people are gonna like look at, but you know, it's all about utility in life, really. Like, what are you gonna really get out of what you what you want? Some people have to have luxury, and you know, I do have a lot of nice things that I just don't even care about. That's I don't. The, I'm like, personally downsizing. That's the whole point of going to Oklahoma. I drive the Tesla. I make a decent living. I wouldn't call myself uh, what is it, billionaire worthy, rich, but I'm wealthy in many ways. I don't sure. do the whole like watch this that. It, it's it's different to some entrepreneurs, but I've I've got the foundation built that I want to start going with the, the stepstone. Then you go with the mortar, so on and so forth. Then you got the walls. I'm right there, man, and I, I get that. Just starting from the bottom, and I, I just don't want to have all this flashy shit just thrown at me. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't result in production, you know. So like. Um, you know, it's like having a, a, a truck, right? A truck is nice. It's big. It's obviously a truck, yeah. but performance is not great. And then how often are you going to be carrying a load? You know, what's the insurance like? What's, you know, so it, it's all really relative to like you, what you want, how much you're willing to, to sacrifice or how much you're willing to push it. So for me, uh, unfortunately, like if I'm not pushing it, it's not like, it's like, you know, uh, business is cyclical and, you know, depression and, and joy and success, it's all relative. It, it goes in circles, you know, it goes up and down and up and down. And at some point you're going to see something that you already went through before. Hopefully you can identify it, overcome it, avoid it, uh, maybe make it, you know, even more worthwhile. Say, hey, like this is actually the right way and then see its true benefit. Um, but, you know, if you're not willing to, uh, to understand life happens, things happen. Like, yeah, I don't want it to happen. Just take it on the chin best you can and keep moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And at the same time, like, you know, when that robbery did happen, you know, I told my guys, I said, hey, like, I'm not, I'm not phased by it. You know, I'm walking through the store. I see the disaster. Um, but, you know, it happens. It's literally a part of being in a retail business. That happens. And it happens in different forms. It happens in armed robbery. It happens in employees it happens in break-ins um so with that situation like i i, I just didn't arm it you know if i arm it i minimize the loss right um but we have a great community you know we do right by people and you know people like put the word out they saw it they they wanted to talk about it and you know we even had some negativity like ironically um there's someone you know it's just like okay so like it's kind of like like <clears throat> I wasn't involved like my store um, along with my neighbors weren't involved in like a riot you know where shit was getting burnt down you know what I mean like this was intentional uh, this was to grab inventory grab money mm -hmm. 
Um, but it wasn't like I got my business destroyed for no reason, one, um, and then looted. And then my neighbors have to rebuild as well, you know. So there's always it could always be worse, you know. And so many people have different scenarios in which um, I would hate to be in their shoes, you know, totally. So it's I'm a not horrible happy. feeling, yeah. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like uh, that happens, and then there's other people that go through different type of losses, and whether it's employee loss, and I think a lot of stores go through turnover, and um, well, it's a part of business, yeah. With, yeah. with your business plan right now. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Well, I would say uh, we are finding an identity, you know, because when I started, it was just like literally this big space where I just made two like Jerry Ray counters and some like Amazon, like whack, like um, metal frame where you can like hang accessories. It was like terrible. It's so bad. And then I remember driving to like four hours away to New Jersey and we like tore down an AT&T store. And then they had this gigantic thing. Like we filled a 26 foot truck to the brim with everything in that store, including the safe that they didn't have the keys to. <laughs> and then uh, they couldn't get into it. And then we had to pry it from the ground with like the largest like crowbar. It was just terrible. Their but, safety bolts. But yeah. they're all, like, all the way. And it was like, really quality stuff and like i still have it and um you know it's done a lot for my store so like then that was the next transition and then cpr approached me so i opened in 2017 like late 2017 let's just call it 2018 because jumping Mm -hmm. 2017 january 2017 they approached me at verizon after relocating the store and they said hey you know you know, there's a little bit of a political move here. They said, hey, like, we're not going to New Jersey. And I just moved down to Maryland full time. I was living there back and forth, driving an hour. No, no, two hours. Sorry, two hours from Maryland to Pennsylvania while living in two places for about a year and a half. So I moved there permanently only for a month later for them to tell me, hey, we're not. We want you to move to New Jersey. And then New Jersey. So if anyone is from New Jersey. You know it sucks. <laughs> Maryland sucks. I, I lived in a, uh, Aberdeen Proving Grounds, and man, that was yeah for me. It so, was horrible. It was 2008. I was in the military. I hated that place. Oh yeah, yeah. So that would have been yeah for me. It would have been like 2015, 20 or 2017. It just it's just not where I want to be at. You know, I, I couldn't even imagine being in a pandemic like during in Philadelphia slash Cherry Hill where I was going to be at. Um, which you know appealed to me, but I'm not a city guy. Like I don't. I don't want to live in the city. So, so I like where I'm at. I got, then I eventually left Verizon, bought two properties with all the money I had, <laughs> had no money, but th- this was cash flow properties, but it was in the hood of Reading. And I was like, I don't want to open up a cell shop, cell phone repair shop in the hood and then have a language barrier. And then people like don't understand like pricing. So I just took a complete shot and found that location that I'm in now. Then 2018, I really opened. <clears throat> 2019, I converted to CPR. So, like, I had a year of really not knowing what I was doing. I really didn't. And going to CPR, I didn't really know either. Like, it took a time for me to, like, develop. Sh- shot in the dark for some people. No, totally, totally. So, 
Like I, I don't come from like really like repair background. But it has changed me. It's made me more punctual. I'm very articulate. You know, I'm very black and white with customers. You know, sometimes I'll tell a customer straight up, hey, like if the result is like a BER situation, um, I'll tell them, hey, you know, like, you know, this is kind of, it might not be economic. Some of them are upset about it. Some of them understand like, hey, like, hey, I broke it. It's bad, you know? Yeah. Some don't like the pricing. And I'll just tell them, it's really relative to like what we need to do to fix it. And that really helped me communicate. Like it helped me, you know, be very transparent, black and white, you know, like sometimes people are upset. I'm just like, Hey, like, look, you, you have a right to be upset, but you don't. But I'll be very transparent about it. Like, Hey, if you don't have a right, you're not going to talk to us like that. You know, we're going to educate you though. So you can understand. And then after they understand, they earn a lot of respect for you. So I think that's a really big part of like the diagging, you know, uh, Delmar's like one of my main guys. And, um, you know, I'm at a point now where I want to give some ownership out or, you know, make a, a managing partner. Um, so that's like our vision now. So like the first year was like, didn't know what the heck we're doing. Then in 2019, June 2019, we converted to CPR. Still didn't really know what we're doing. We won conversion of the year the first year. Um, second year was 2020. And that's when PlayStations happened. <laughs> yeah. And like just changed our lives. Um, I got at the time those switches and yeah. switches were the really expensive item that you want to flip for more. And looking, you know, your path, man is looking like, cause from what I can see on social media, it looks like you're building the team, the structure for CPR. You're, you're making a name for CPR that here in California is a stark difference to what we have here in California for CPR and you break, I fix, I see your store and I'm like, what the f- are these other guys doing? There's no way these guys are ready to shut down negative reviews constantly business owners in the groups. Just, I hate this place. I hate this, that, and the other, I can't deal with these customers, these employees, you, you're a poster boy for getting it done. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. That's kind words. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, I'm originally an indie and, um, you know, whether it's indie or franchisee, I think that for me going into the franchise model, uh, I honestly thought I was going to get structure. <laughs> I was like, Hey, if I get structure, uh, and that's no shade to that, but that's just not their business model. Uh, I think a lot of their business models, uh, really reliant at the time when I, converted was owned by a different ownership group so to be very clear different ownership group a lot of reasons why i would understand why a lot of uh, owners would be upset i mean there's a terrible experience uh um you know in this line of work too you know to be like a big franchise i'm sure things do take time to materialize and maybe people are not patient enough um maybe people just can't make things happen maybe the timing of the industry at the time doesn't allow for certain things um and so like the first year i was just kind of like just didn't know what i was doing like honestly wasn't and you know i might this might give me trouble but i didn't know i was bringing out the i wasn't using the pos system properly because i didn't know what the heck to do you know i I genuinely didn't feel like i had support there and so kind of like that was a little frustrating but you know there's definitely people that are very very successful in CPR and their success 
has opened up my eyes to see like, wow, like certain businesses can perform a certain way. And no clue. Like th- at the time they expected you to gross X amount of revenue. And like we grossed it, but I mean, like, was it good? Like in retrospect, no, I would hate to have that, those type of numbers. I honestly would hate to have those type of numbers. And then um, we got, we grew. We didn't really know what we were doing. We just knew we were busy. I had a great team. They said, hey, like, you're not writing out anything in the system. Like, it doesn't look like you guys are performing. And it's true. Like, for the first, like, couple months, like, four to six months, like, I didn't know what the heck we were doing. So we did it. We ran all those sales out the way we're supposed to. We learned the POS system, and we fell within the top 25 of the nation. So when we did that, um, at the time, like we didn't really understand. Like there's about 500 some stores at the time, and we're like top 25 out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is a little small town, a little small county. That's got to be a confidence boost to like move yeah. you forward. Mm-hmm. But then by seeing that, that also made me, you know, remind me of Verizon and performance, and and you know, looking at numbers, and you know, that is a that is a very big benefit because now you're competing against other stores. Now there's just things that you don't control, you know, you don't control the market. Um, and so ultimately they're going to get the same amount, not the same amount, but they're going to get door swings. They're going to have our problems that are going to be staffing. Then maybe break-ins, maybe not having enough inventory, not enough employees, not enough hands. Like it, everyone has problems, you know, you just try to minimize those problems, try to build a good enough team so that you don't have to have turnover. Um, and then you also got to take care of the staff. So like we only work 10 to six, which I'd like to be open till eight. And I'd like to be open Sundays again. See, I, I'm right but, there with you. We only do 10 to seven and we close Sundays. I used to work seven days a week before I had a family and it's, it's a toll. And yeah. uh, I'm telling you 10 to six, 10 to eight. It's one of those things. Two hours may not seem like a lot on the front end, but trying to staff that and balance the shifts along with what you know you're going to have to fill when people call out, that's the hard part. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, just being relying, relying on people, you know, that does suck. And, you know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Delmar, he's, he's been on my, he's my right-hand man for, for some time now. And uh, he's got the skill set. He's my solder guy. And um, I'm the sales guy. I'm the ops. Um, I'm not so great at ops. You know, so I, I could be better at that. Um, so now, like, we're learning that. So the first year didn't know what the heck to do, and second year converted. Uh, the next year turned into 2020, the switches. And the switches, uh, I don't buy. I don't know how to buy it. I know I understand it. I just don't do it. I just, I just exploded. Buy it yeah. <laughs> like, like, I wish I had that time to do that. But it's all relative to like, no, I don't have the time. And I put a lot of money in, in people's pockets, like where they're, they're able to make a couple couple dollars, they're reselling the product, we're doing repeat business, they feel safe about it. Um, so I've done a lot of transactions and uh, it's all more about like, like I don't buy this inventory if I don't sell it. But it's kind of scary sometimes you buy inventory, like, like, like now I got robbed and yeah. <laughs> like I to have that much inventory but i had it and um you know you can't sell if you don't have it people will pay more if they're instantly gratified truthfully yeah uh, wait and, you know people will wait but nothing like taking it home 
you know, so that's double-edged sword of business because there are guys that are just repair shops and then they're trying to do the retail and the retail is so difficult because it is very capital intensive. And uh, you also have to have the ability to sell the devices, have to educate the customers, have to build the trust so that they're willing to go from their 6S or 8. Um, the education is the biggest part on our end is training people to give that information up front. That makes the sale usually. Yeah. What would you tell people, you know, seeing this, your, your customer base, wherever it gets to, what, what would be your recommendation to deal with what you've had to deal with and continue to grow? Uh, I mean, I mean, there's just so many layers to, to that answer as far as like, like what I want to do is I want to just, um, I would like to open more stores within my market. Um, and then, but I need to find, I need to build a, a better system and find some guys that, you know, want to be involved in it. Uh, have guys in the wireless side that, um, I don't know. I just, I just, I can do a lot. It's just to do it. It's just, you know, like everyone I struggle, you know, pen to paper, you know, got this problem solved, that problem solved. Um, but, you know, I do, I do have a passion for it. I, I, I like that, you know, there's an audience that, you know, wants this stuff. You know, trust me, I would rather not have to spend the money to have this type of inventory I have. But then, you know, hey, like people are very ecstatic to be able to buy this stuff. And then you'll hear about, you a lot of the way we sell, we're listening to our customers, like, hey, like, Customers paying X amount of dollars at Rena Center or Magic, like that's crazy. You're paying that. I can finance it for this price. I can, you know, we're very, we're very, very articulate with financing because we're customers. So uh, we we talk the numbers very clear. They have 101 days to pay it off, um, you know, and and there's a live chat, you know. But we were like, hey, look, like, like we get people busy, like set an alarm, a calendar reminder. Uh, but we make no extra off of it. We don't get any commission. So just make sure you're on top of it. Cause I like, like if it goes bad, it's a lose lose for both of us. Yeah. Sometimes I just have to give it raw and they like that. Like, okay, great. No, I know. Like he told me he made sure I knew because I don't want them to pay more. You know what I mean? Um, and then at the same time, then they come back and they buy more from me later. Uh, and that's because they like the opportunity to use the financing. You know, so some people they found upon financing. Uh, there's different layers of people that pay financing, like pay ridiculous pricing for financing, and you know that's not the type of business that I'm trying to build. So I, I kind of keep my pricing very fair, and um, you know we move, we make it back up in volume, accessory sales. Um, they say accessories are supposed to pay your rent, so if you know you, if you can run a good enough business accessories will pay your rent easy you just gotta be able to push it you know yeah (laughs) i appreciate having you on man it's been great you know we'll we'll catch up in a a few months and see how everything's going according to plan um well i appreciate it and uh we'll catch you all later like and subscribe